0: You're listening to episode 125 of the god Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. Today, I'm chatting with my friend, Sarah McKenzie, the creator of Read Aloud Revival.
1: One of the things we found um, is that just encouraging families to figure out when you can slide in 10 minutes or so uh, that already works with your family life. Because if you kind of set out and go, I need to read aloud with my kids— because I know it's so good for them, because I know it bonds us together and makes these happy memories I want them to have of their childhood, but you think I'm, you make it a big thing or you think it, now your whole day has to revolve kind of around this new project. It won't work out so well. So one, one tip we have found is pegging it to something that already happens every day in your home. So if you, your kids always eat breakfast, then just reading aloud to them for 10 minutes while they eat breakfast, uh, means it will probably happen most days because most days everybody's eating breakfast. (laughs) So for homeschooling families, a lot of times that happens at lunch. For families that have kids in school, a lot of times that happens before bed or before they go to school while they're eating breakfast.
0: I don't know if you come from a home where you were read to aloud or if you already do this with your kids, But today's guest, Sarah McKenzie, is here not to add guilt and shame and condemnation that there's something you should have been doing, but to just inspire us and give us a little teeny activity we can add to our day that has a big impact on our families. I love how she helps us set realistic expectations for what that reading aloud time looks like, gives us practical tips on how to execute it gives us ideas on where to find books to read and how to make this happen on a regular basis. I am all for building stronger families, and I truly believe that this little teeny habit you can add into your day will solidify your family as you fall in love with a new story and share that time together. And speaking of quick ways to connect as a family, I want to thank our sponsor, Jelly Telly, and specifically highlight those five-minute family devotionals that they offer There are just super quick ways to start the conversation about God because Jelly Telly is a place where God is real and His Word is true. And each video devotional includes a Bible verse, a video clip, discussion questions, prayer pop, and it has a companion blog post with a coloring page to go uh, along with each devotional. And like our guest today shares, sometimes we think our kids aren't listening because their hands are busy or they're wiggly. And uh, I think coloring is a great way to... Kind of engage their hands while their ears are still listening. Now you can get these, uh, this video, this app on iOS, Android, Kindle, and more places coming soon. The devotionals plus ninety more Christian shows and movies are available for just four ninety nine a month or thirty nine ninety nine for a whole year. Go to GodCenteredMom dot jelly backslash JellyTelly to check it out. Don't forget about the special coupon code GodCentered all caps just for God Centered Mom listeners and get $5 off or your first month of Jelly JellyTally free. It doesn't hurt to go check it out. All right. I can't wait to share this little convo I had with Sarah with you. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I am so excited to be here. Well, uh, it's pretty fun whenever I get the, the rare chance to interview another podcaster because you and I chatting into mics, <laughs> We're like, it's fun, right? <laughs> this is what we do. This is yep. what we do. And I just, I mean, if y'all have never checked out the Read Aloud Revival podcasts, um, you know, stop this one, go check it out and be inspired to read with your children. And I hope even after today, you'll be even more just encouraged that that's something that you can enjoy together. But before we get into all of that, I would love for you to introduce the listeners to your family.
1: Oh, sure. So my husband and I, um, we've been married for 15 years and we live in the Pacific Northwest with our half a dozen kids. I almost like six. But, oh,
0: yeah, half a dozen sounds better, right? It does. <laughs> Way, <laughs> like better. So Way better. Way uh, better.
1: Um, they're 14, 12, 10, 4. And then the twins are almost three. And so they're identical twin boys. Totally crazy handful. Um, but they're they're fun and we homeschool them and Yeah, that's
0: that's the fam. I would love to do a national survey of all families, in particular, those who believe in God, who have twin boys. And I'm pretty sure there's like a really big amount of them that are about three years old. Seriously, (laughs) I'm not kidding. Like spontaneous twin boys happening around the country in our in our church alone. There were like four or five families. Wow, really? Three years ago. Yeah.
1: It was so funny because my dad's a twin. And so my sisters and I always grew up thinking, I wonder if any of us are going to have twins. And then by the time you have four kids, none of my sisters have twins. And then I had four and it was like, oh, I guess. I guess it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And then Clara was nine months old when we got pregnant. Oh my
0: goodness. And I was
1: still sort of in denial about that. So I go, I went to the OB for that first appointment. I ran into him on the elevator. He was coming back from a delivery and he's like, you're not here to see me. Like, oh, I'm here to see you. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So then he does the ultrasound to date us and says, Sarah, there's two. And I'm like, two what? Two arms? Two, I hope so. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, two babies. And I told him, no, no, you don't understand. I have a baby at home that cannot walk. I cannot possibly be pregnant with twins.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It was an interesting couple of years. Okay, so you're doing all that because that's a lot of people and homeschooling and already pe- the moms are like, I cannot compare, which we aren't supposed to do. But still, they're like in awe of all you're doing. And, and you then start this Read aloud revival. When did that? When did you get into all of that?
1: Um. Well, maybe we should talk about what I don't do. Yeah. You said that would make everybody
0: <laughs> feel so much better. I <laughs> agree. The
1: room that I'm podcasting from right now. Yeah. You'd uh, yeah, be think, much I think less think impressed. That's
0: very true. You and I were talking about the whole like ENF kind of you know grouping of people where I would so much rather do this podcast than organize, clean, so those things don't get done. But I look like I'm super productive because I'm doing something publicly. But you just she Right, don't and that see. stays done. Right? Yeah, that you record a podcast. and It stays finished
1: on the internet. It's so great. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> not like the laundry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah, I started the podcast in April two thousand fourteen. So I, the twins were actually this sounds even crazier, but the twins were not quite a year old yet. But honestly, I really was at the time needing something besides changing yeah. endless rounds of diapers. We had three in diapers at the time. Yeah. It's something else to wrap my brain around, just to kind of keep me motivated and fresh and energized as a mom. Yep. And, you know, I were talking about being an extrovert. So you yeah. know what, what it's like being an extroverted mom home with her kids. And I really needed something else so that I could stay fresh for my kids and full of energy instead of feeling depleted. And so the podcast really, and the podcast kind of jumped out like out of nowhere. is a little bit crazy. I started, I launched it um because I had this idea. Maybe it'd be fun to talk about kids' books because I love talking about kids' books And we could do this read aloud podcast. And I had been so inspired by the work of Andrew Pudua at the Institute for Excellence in Writing. He had given this talk called Nurturing Competent Communicators. And it was this incredibly inspiring uh, talk about how the most important thing you can do to help your children be good communicators, good uh, writers, is to read aloud a ton and have them memorize poetry. And Mm -hmm. so I got all motivated and thought, Mm -hmm. I'm going to see if I can get him... On the show, although I mean this is Andrew Pudua, so I'm like he's not gonna, he's not gonna be able to come on. Yeah, yeah, so I shoot this email off to his marketing director because I'm like impulsive like that. Yeah, and she immediately writes back and says he'd love to. And you're like, oh my goodness, this is happening, like, people!
0: This is happening. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, I guess I better figure out how to start a podcast. <laughs> my husband thought I was insane, That's but it's hilarious. turned out to be like my favorite thing.
0: So it's been really fun. That is so. It exactly fits again our personality type. Like, just do it. Figure it out later. Why? Who cares? I'm sure I can. Google and then you're it. crying later as you're trying to figure out how to get the blasted thing into
1: iTunes. And yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I promised this thing. I have to execute. So, okay you you started it. You had a passion. It matches like what you're already doing. You're with young kids. You're reading aloud. Did you have a degree in education or anything like that before getting? Nope. Nope. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Yep. I didn't, I did work with
1: kids like in preschools all through college, and I had intended to get a degree in education. And then we just started having our own babies hey. <laughs> instead. Um, yeah. But one thing is, I would read books with my kids. Yeah. I found that reading that reading with my kids was one of the most enjoyable things. So if my kids were getting on my nerves, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I have a hard time wanting to play a board game with them or sit down on the floor and play Legos with them. Mm-hmm. But I can read to them mm-hmm. and everything kind of gets a little more harmonious it's like the easiest way to connect with my kids mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah and I come from the background of speech language pathologist and it was like so <laughs> knocked into our brains that like reading to kids is it for language development and all of that uh-huh. exactly what you're saying from the speaker you heard and so I think there's a picture of me with my first son he was just like a two days old i think we just got back to the hospital and i'm reading like good night moon in a chair because i love it <laughs> i couldn't yeah. not start right away like and so i yeah. was reading aloud i mean it became for us the night nightly ritual that's continued on and like, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel mm-hmm. right if we don't somehow read aloud in the evening and my husband's taken over a lot of the chapter books for the older boys and then i'll still do the younger ones and now the younger ones are moving into where the They can listen with the older boys, but it's just been a part of our habit at night. But I've never been a really good at like during the day. Well, and I don't think it matters yeah. all that
1: much when it happens. Yeah. Um, I actually have a hard time reading aloud at night because I'm really tired by then, mm, and so interesting. Like my kids will say, "Don't get on the couch to read because <laughs> i <like>, fall asleep." <laughs> um, and so I actually have an easier time reading aloud to them earlier in the day because I just have more energy than yeah. at the end of the day. Although I love the whole you know bed story before bed type thing. And of course we do that with our littlest kids. Yeah. But as far as picture books for, I mean, sorry, chapter books for our older kids, I tend to read those earlier in the day only so that I can stay awake yeah. to actually execute. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Well, and you're thinking of like, okay, so like you said, different types of people that like to read at different times a day. And then you're thinking about different families dynamics. Do you get feedback from families that have kids in public school? Yeah, definitely. So in our
1: Read Aloud Revival community, we have homeschooling families. We have families with kids in private school, families with kids in public school. And one of the things we found um, is that just encouraging families to figure out when you can slide in 10 minutes or so uh, that already works with your family life. Mm -hmm. Because if you kind of set out and go, I need to read aloud with my kids because I know it's so good for them, because I know it bonds us together and makes these happy memories I want them to have of their childhood— But you think you make it a big thing or you think now your whole day has to revolve kind of around this new project. Mm -hmm. It won't work out so well. Mm -hmm. So one one tip we have found is pegging it to something that already happens every day in your home. So if your kids always eat breakfast, then just reading aloud to them for 10 minutes while they eat breakfast uh, means it will probably happen most days because most days everybody's eating breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) So for homeschooling families, a lot of times that happens at lunch. For families that have kids in school, a lot of times that happens before bed or Mm. before they go to school while they're eating breakfast. Mm. Uh, Mealtimes are really helpful because little mouths are busy eating instead of interrupting you every fourth sentence and so that's helpful yeah yeah
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and I I really wanted you to come on today and help like a lot of the young moms that are listening who who maybe haven't had this uh reading aloud habit developed yet in their family but Maybe they didn't even know it was an important thing to do until they're hearing you say that it's an important thing to do. And maybe they have like the random picture books and and those around their house, but they haven't like sat down and and read a story to their kids. How do you help that young mom transition or even start? Uh, You mentioned finding a time, but like she's imagining everybody interrupting and craziness.
1: Yeah, and it is a lot of times craziness. So there, there's a couple of <laughs> things to remember. Yeah. First is that your ideal picture of, you know, you sitting on the hearth and your children sitting around you, listening to you read Robinson Crusoe, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my kids have been read a lot too, most days for their entire life, sometimes for quite a long time. And it never looks like that. It's everyone's, they're still, you know, kids standing on their head, another one dumping out the whole bucket of Legos, which you know that sound when they're dumping out the Lego. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're interrupting each other or kicking each other with their toes, like, get mm-hmm. off my cushion, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just not as picturesque. It doesn't need to be. That's not where the benefit comes from, yeah. um, having this ideal read aloud session. And so one thing that's really helpful to remember is that the, we know that reading aloud is the single greatest thing a parent can do to help their child succeed academically in school. A uh, Jim Trelease, uh, describes this statistically beautifully in the Read Aloud Handbook, but you don't even have to read the book just to to know that it is, as a parent, the best thing you can do. In fact, I talked to a professor from Ave Maria University last year Mm -hmm. on the Read Aloud Revival podcast. She's actually a professor of economics, but she came on the show and was talking about how uh, as far as like test scores go, reading aloud to your kids just for a few minutes a day does far and away more than anything else you could think of, including, you know, expensive tutoring or special prep classes, just reading aloud. And it's so enjoyable. It's Mm -hmm. like, this is almost like a cheat that we are, you know, Mm -hmm. like kind of silly to turn away. So just knowing how important it is as far as academic benefits is great, Mm -hmm. but also hearing the stories of kids who are now grown who were read to a lot as children. A lot of us weren't read to a lot as children. So we don't really have that, mm. uh, you know, like firsthand knowledge of what it does for your heart and your head and just sort of your values as you're growing older. Mm. But we have people like Sarah Clarkson, who's Sally Clarkson's daughter, who's written this whole book called, um, uh, caught up in a story. And she writes about what it was like to be raised in a home where the telling of stories or the reading of books together was really central. And what that did for her as she faced life's challenges as she got to be an adult. It's really beautiful. Mm. There's another one. Um, it was called The Reading Promise, My Father and the Books We Shared. This is one of my favorites by Alice Ozma. This is the story of a girl who, when she was about eight, her dad and her decided that he was going to read aloud to her every day for a hundred days, like a reading streak without a break, at least 10 minutes a day for hundred days straight. Mm. Well, they did it. And then they decided to see if they could keep going. Mm. And it turns out that they ended up reading for eight years without missing wow. a day. Wow. And in this book, she starts telling the funniest stories of how like she'd be going to a high school football game and she'd have to bring her friends over to the house so that she would get her 10 minutes of reading <laughs> too. Because <laughs> they couldn't break the streak. I mean, just funny, yeah. funny. Oh, sweet. But, yeah. The fact they had some really hard things happen in their family. Mm-hmm. And she really uh, describes how the relationship that was formed during those really times with her dad carried her through a lot of hard things that happened in her life later on. Mm-hmm. And so um, so we know it's so important academically, but we also know that it fortifies the souls of our kids mm-hmm. as they grow and encounter life's challenges. And so the why is really important. mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many things we're supposed to do as moms every day, like yeah. make sure they brush and floss every day, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. My, you know, make yeah. sure that mm-hmm. they. Oh gosh, mm-hmm. they do their homework. Did they do their math drill? Mm-hmm. Did they? Oh my goodness, add another thing that they have to do every day, and I just feel like I can't take anymore. Yeah. But if we know why it's so important, it's easier to make it a priority. If you know and the I'm buy-in, like-
0: if you know the buy-in, then you can make it, make it be yeah. something that's important to your family. If you knew that it was more important than any other thing you chose for them academically. That would be the exactly. reason why. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And then remembering that it won't be picturesque. Your kids don't even <laughs> yeah. need to be that quiet. Honestly, my kids do something with their hands when I read aloud to them. And in our uh read aloud revival community, we hear a lot of families tell us that their kids listen better when they can color or play with play or Clay or, you know, do those, um, what are those called? Perler beads. Those things drive me crazy <laughs> that you hire. <laughs> we don't have them.
0: With the no girls here, we just do not have those things. Yeah, yeah. we you, just yeah, don't do it. We just let it do it at other people's house. People. Yeah, and don't do it at my house. Yeah, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they like it's the... Mean, they
1: can do with their hands but because was, they will
0: probably listen better. That's huge for yeah. the mom listening that has in her mind this expectation of everyone sitting and listening and I can't keep reading if you're not listening. I think that that... Is really helpful because I even find if I'm reading aloud and I have all four boys and the four-year-old's kind of like doing his pretend play in the corner with the Batman <laughs> castle or whatever it's called, the Batcave, mm-hmm. and he's like kind of making little sounds. And I'll start to get a little frustrated, but I'm realizing like he's listening even though he's making little sounds. Yeah. Like he, he can do both is amazing to me. Um, but. I remember an older mom telling me that once, like, oh, honey, they can be, your boys can be totally doing Legos, totally coloring, totally rolling around the floor and listening. And that well, blew my it's mind. it's so funny to yeah. me
1: because my girls look like they're listening way better than my son does mm-hmm. uh, my, out of my older kids. Yeah, that's but interesting. But w- the next day when I say, okay, who remembers what happened when we left off? He's always the first one to remember and he's all oftentimes the one that has the best details like tucked away. And I think, wow, you were listening that you did not look like you were listening.
0: <laughs> and so. I think as women, we can, some like, I've done a couple boy episodes lately. Like, I think we don't get the boy brain because we're not boys. <laughs> and so that <laughs> yeah. doesn't make sense to us. Like a teacher and in a classroom sometimes thinks the child's not listening because they're fiddling. And it takes like a quality teacher to recognize, oh, no, they can do both. They can be messing with their pencil and tapping their foot and get everything I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. My husband knows this innately just because he's a yeah. Boy. He's a, He's got a boy brain. Yeah. Yeah. A <laughs> yeah. man brain. Yes.
0: yes yeah. Yes.
1: A man brain. Yeah. He's not a boy. He's a man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'd appreciate that. <laughs>
0: There's a there's a boy and a man and a man and a boy, I think. Uh, they got both. They got both. So you've told them, like, the mom needs to know her why, which is, you know, you could do research, look at your Reader Loud revival manual and get all the reasons why if she needs to convince herself. And then uh, to recognize it's not going to be perfect. What other yes. tips do you have for her?
1: Another one is to keep it short. Mm. So. I Well, at least I'm like this. If I know that there's something important I should do with my kids, I then make it into this big thing. Like now we are going to read aloud every day and we should probably read aloud for half an hour every day. (laughs) So when can (laughs) I make this happen? And then unfortunately we never start because I never have an extra half an hour just sitting around with nothing to do and where I would be, you know, wanting to read aloud. So one thing that is really helpful to remember is that if you were to read 10 minutes a day with your kids for a year, you would read 60 hours by the end of the by the end of the year that like that's a tremendous amount of reading aloud right? right and 10 minutes a day isn't that much and of course you're not going to do it 7 days a week but if you think okay well some days we'll read 5 or 10 minutes and some days we'll read more like 15 and if we read aloud most days so four out of every 7 days you're going to get in a tremendous amount of reading aloud mm-hmm. and so When it comes to reading with your kids, it's not so much about doing these big, huge, long sessions, especially because your kids probably won't like it as much then, but short, consistent, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not lessons, but sessions are way better, Um, especially because when you get into the habit of doing something at the same time every day, say at breakfast— or before bed, and you're just reading 10 minutes, 10 minutes is a super short commitment. So you feel like I can do this. There's not really a good excuse for me not to do it, yeah. especially if I say this is important to me. And also you don't have to try to like work up the gumption every day because it just becomes part of the way the family
0: works. Well, I think as you get into a story, especially if it's a chapter book, you're like, can't wait. What's going to happen next? What? Yes. What, and And then they're asking for it, right? And they might say, oh, don't stop. Don't stop. You know, if it's, if it's yeah a really and that actually that's
1: right exactly exactly that that's another big tip is to read something you loved when you were a kid mm. because you will if you are motivated to read it because you enjoyed it yourself uh you'll just read more often than you will If you're reading something that you think you should read because you see it on some book list or you think, you know, like well-educated children read The (laughs) the Willows and so I will read this to my children and you can't stand it, that's just ditch it and pick something else. So if you loved Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when you were a kid, then read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with your... That whole, you know, motivation piece will be so easy for you and then your kids will get wind of that kind of enthusiasm Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. you're just naturally bringing to the table. So reading, I only read things that I enjoy to my kids. Um, I pretty much ditch anything that I don't love. (laughs) Um, there's this time that I read, this is last year. I started reading the Hobbit. I, I shouldn't even
0: talk about this in public because (laughs) it's so like ruins my credibility. All the literary geniuses are like turning their nose up now. Yes. What are you about to say about the Hobbit? Yes, yes, yes.
1: And I, I just couldn't get into it. The voices mm. were hard. I was struggling because it's fantasy and it's not my favorite. And I finally realized I was putting it off days and days at a time because I would think, just don't make me read it again. I just don't <laughs> want to read it again. So finally I realized, oh my gosh, get the audiobook. My kids loved it. So, or a couple of my kids did. Yeah. So I got the audiobook for them, let Rob Inglis read it, which by the way, he does
0: a way better job than I was doing with all the And voices. then I picked yeah. up
1: something else. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's that's smart. I'm and we've seen that like at bedtime reading with my husband. There's a book list the boys are trying to work through at school or something. And some of the books he just wasn't getting into. And but my husband loves presidential biographies and in historical books. And so when I found a couple of those, he was like, oh, yeah, I like this. And so he you know, he when he's into it, the boys are into it. So such good advice. Such good yeah, advice.
1: that's so good. And audiobooks are not a cheat, so no. that's another okay. Like, that's free good drink. too. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, more grace in our in our pursuit. <laughs> more gra- you need all the grace. get. yeah.
1: <laughs> there yeah. is something unique about a mom or a dad reading aloud with their kids and the bonds that that forms. But especially if you're in the car on a road trip, or if you're folding laundry and you really need to get your stuff done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you could turn, you could give everybody something to color and turn on an audiobook. You're still sharing the story together, regardless of who's actually saying the words. That doesn't matter all that much. Mm-hmm. The connection happens because you're in the same story. You're approaching the same, you know, characters and the same adventures and, yeah. um, doing that together. And so it doesn't matter who's reading it. My friend, uh, Misty Winkler totally wants to, you know, raise readers and have our kids love reading and surround our kids with books. And she, Hates reading aloud. And so (laughs) her husband reads to them before bed, and she uses audiobooks during the day, and they still share and encounter all these stories together. It's not a cheat. So, yeah. yeah. That's good. Shed the guilt. That's
0: a (laughs) good phrase. And for the mom who didn't, you know, maybe grow up, I read Babysitter's Club. That's what I read growing up. So I'm not, that's not like, like I knew you you and I were kindred. (laughs) There you go. So that's what I like, devoured them. I had my own Babysitter's Club, my own bag that I took. So uh, that, like I didn't have a good place to start. So I was thankful for a school that gave us a list. Um, but for the mom who's looking for a list, I think, don't you have something on your site? I Did do. They, I okay.
1: was raised uh, reading the Babysitter's Club too. Fabulous. And lots of other stuff too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. When my oldest was one, I t- went to the library and I thought we should borrow books. And I went to the kids section and I looked around and I thought to myself, I am pretty sure that some of these are worse than others and some of these are better than others, but I have no idea how to choose. Yeah. So I'd randomly pick them and, you know, we would get maybe half Decent books, and the other half would just be the work, like <laughs> so boring to read. The kind where you read it once and you hide it because you don't ever want your child yeah, to see
0: You feel like dumber after, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. My brain is melting.
1: So, what we've done at the Read Letter Revival is create a free book list so that parents don't have to have that experience. We've done it for them. And so, <laughs> we've divided the book list into a whole bunch of different categories. Um, things like uh, books for kids in big families. I made that one because my kids are in a big family, and <laughs> I love them to read about other. families where they're, you know, the big kids have to help with the little kids. And there's lots of funny adventures between siblings and that kind of thing. Mm. We have books for boys and books for girls and a really good list. If you're ready to start reading longer books than picture books with your kids, but you're not really sure where to start because that's kind of its own unique challenge. You don't want to go from reading Dr. Seuss to reading Little House on the Prairie. You just need, need a few bridge books in between there. So, um, they can get that book list for free. Um, there's two places you can go to get it. You can grab it by going to RAR, like Read Aloud Revival, RARbooklist.com, or you can just text the word books to four 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 nine nine nine.
0: That's amazing. That is <laughs> amazing. <laughs> That's so text- amazing. You just text <laughs> books to 449999. I said too many Yeah, nines. so you put the number
1: 444-999 and then text the word books and we'll send you the book list. How tech
0: savvy is that? You could be sitting in the library and do it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, yes. Oh, I mean, I'm like bowing down. Oh, it's so awesome. <laughs> I mean, you've, you just put together such a great site and help for moms and just built community. It's so awesome. Uh, and did you have more tips before I move on to like talking about how awesome you are?
1: I think you can keep talking about how awesome I am. (laughs) So so I think those are the big ones. The big ones are to keep it simple, like not to set yourself really high expectations. Uh, To set a time of day when something else is already happening, like food or bedtime, so that you just kind of peg it on there, tack it on to something that's already happening. And then... um, Keep why. it short Yeah, and remember why. and let
0: your kids do stuff with their hands. Don't yeah. make them just sit and listen. That's yeah. so good. And then I think community like to have the the reinforcement that other people are doing this. Other people have the same struggles as you because I think what can happen for me is when I try to do something new, e- again, like you, I either make it too big a deal and I put all this pressure on our family to do it right, like family devotion time or whatever, <laughs> yeah. deciding we're going to do this now. I heard a podcast. I'm going to do this now. <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> or like I, and then I try it and I feel like I failed because it didn't look like what I thought, like you kind of mm-hmm. described. And so I quit. And if I had other moms who were saying, oh yeah, it was just a total disaster. We tried this book and nobody liked it. um, You're providing that too. You have this great membership site. Tell everybody about yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple places where you can plug in online to other parents who are reading aloud a lot with their kids. And sometimes that's all you need is exactly like you said, like. The first chapter book I read to my kids was actually Little House in the (laughs) Big Woods. It was horrible. It was it's a disaster. Terrible. My, brother, my boys hated that book.
0: They oh, well, you like
1: read like 15 paragraphs about how long the wood was that the <laughs> Pa was building the cabin with. And you're like, this is what? You know, That, by the way, I'm going to interrupt myself because the audiobooks read by Terry Jones are phenomenal. They're so fantastic. So definitely get that book uh,
0: on audiobook instead of okay. trying to read it out loud. Note to self <laughs> next time. Next time. Okay, good. Yeah.
1: But when you hear other people say, hey, I have all boys, or "There, I have all boys who are really interested in like engineering or robotics but you, you know and hearing these other parents who are in similar situations throw out some books that have worked for their family or that really lit their kids up mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. so invaluable so yeah. on social media you can always check the read aloud revival hashtag especially on Instagram it's super um, active on Instagram lots of book recommendations happening there but the the best community is definitely happening at our membership and so um this is the place where we kind of take things up a notch. So we let kids meet authors every month. We bring super in cool. a, It's so cool. I had no idea how super, fun
0: this would be. <laughs> super cool idea. I love it. Again, bowing down. Such a great idea. <laughs>
1: So an author will be live on a webinar and the kids will come in and watch and they'll type their questions into the chat box and get them answered live on screen. Every month we've got a new author. We've got some big authors signed for next year too. So I'm really excited about that. And then, you know, we've got our member forum and a lot of resources and um, good stuff. So anyway, if your listeners are interested in checking that out, they can go to rarmembership.com to find out more about that.
0: And you have master classes too, don't you have like for homeschool moms who want to Kind of. Yes, and those are
1: mostly at, at, for right now. They're mostly um, geared around homeschooling families. But mm-hmm. this summer, we have a couple that are not. So I'm teaching one toward the end of summer on um, getting started with reading aloud, especially for people who have kids ages two through eight. So kind of what that looks like, what mm-hmm. reading, what are, like cultivating readers in your kids from a young age looks like, and how simple that that is, and um, kind of the best ways based on those of us who did it wrong (laughs) and wish, you know, we could do it right. Yes, Uh, yes, yes. yes, So that's a masterclass happening at the end of this summer. And we have like another class on um, personality types and motherhood, kind of like how to live... um, how to embrace your strengths and weaknesses in your home, especially as it relates around sharing books with your kids and turning your kids onto books around your personality type and good stuff like that. So
0: I was going to bring that, ask that question, actually, you know, you and I Mm -hmm. were talking about extroverts and how we like to podcast and do these things. So we have an outlet outside of being home a lot. And I was talking to a mom last night that was more introverted and, you know, when they already feel like they're with their kids all the time, To think about doing more stuff with their kids, they sometimes kind of like it makes their back get tense, and they think more time that I don't get to myself. But do you find (laughs) that uh, that an introvert, introverted mom, actually enjoys it because the kids it's like quieter or more controlled? I'm not an introvert, so I don't really know. Does that meet a need? To do read aloud time or not? Well, the majority of the um,
1: moms in our community are introverts. We just discovered that recently. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I think it does because it's not like you're having, you know, having a conversation requires a different kind of energy than reading something off a page. Yeah. And so it's kind of a lower energy way to make a deep connection with your kids um, in a short amount of time. And so I think it is especially good for introverts. And again, audiobooks would be an introverted mom's best friend so
0: you can quietly
1: fold your laundry or wash your dishes while your kids are being read to in the same room
0: wow yeah yeah okay very cool very cool and i was even thinking like if she could have her own reading time and then say okay guys i'm gonna go read for about 15 minutes and when i'm done i'm gonna come read to you guys like then she's getting like 25 minutes of some exactly introverted time very Another angry. thing that she could do even is say, I'm going to go read my book
1: in the other room for 15, 20 minutes and put an audiobook on just for her kids. Right. There's nothing wrong with that because even if she's not listening to the same book, um, Her, the kids are. So then they have this kind of sibling connection, especially if it's something like pretty basic, like uh, Ramona Quimby books or Henry Huggins books, the books by Beverly Cleary. Those are fun. Kids of all ages love to listen to them. You, as the mom, don't really need to be listening at the same time. You can go read or go have quiet time or go on a walk or whatever you need to do. And then when you come back, you can just ask your kids, what was the funniest thing that happened today? And Mm. they will tell you what happened. So you didn't necessarily need to be in the same room listening. Um, that's another pressure I think we need to take off is that you don't have to read all the books your kids read, or even, um, you can have good conversations with your kids about the books they read without having read them. Sometimes that's a better way to go about it because then you're not, they don't feel like you're asking so that they, you can find out if they understood what they read, but you are asking because you're actually curious. Like what was the funniest thing that happened in your story today? Cause I wasn't listening. So I don't already know. I don't have an answer already formed that you should get right or wrong. I'm just curious to know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then it it requires them the next time to maybe listen. It improves their retention and their ability to recite back what what happened. That's really, that's a good tip. You're actually helping them by not being present in the room while they listen. (laughs) Go drink your
1: coffee. Go drink your your
0: coffee. Okay. Did you do a podcast episode ever? I know it's on your site, the five questions you can ask about any book to have great combos with your kids. But is that a podcast episode that someone could listen to or... It's not a podcast episode. We are building a workshop for okay. it. That's
1: happening. I think it's in October. It's this fall sometime. Yeah, because okay. I think. But that... there is a a PDF that we offer that has these five questions. And so this is like this is like a really lazy mom's way of being able to have good conversations with their kids about books without reading them all. Yeah. Because for me, that that will shut everything down. Because I can't keep up with my kids reading. Right, mm-hmm. they have more time than I do. So. Um, I needed a few questions that I could ask them no matter what it was. And what we found is even if it's a book like Caps for Sale or Mr. Gumpy's Outing, or it's my high schooler who's reading Emma or um, Pride and Prejudice, then I can ask these same five open-ended questions and we could have an engaging conversation regardless of whether I read the book or not. And so we do have a uh, PDF for that. And
0: I'm trying to think of the best way to get that is I could put a link to it in the show notes yeah I'll find it awesome I'll find it that's super duper duper helpful okay Sarah any last thoughts for the mom who's like still she's kind of maybe convinced that she could maybe do this she could maybe pull it off any last like coaching
1: I think don't plan on reading aloud don't like make it a resolution like now we're gonna start reading. just like go pick up a book and read to your kids for five or ten minutes because I mean I cruise Facebook for five or ten minutes about 10 times a day, right? (laughs) Um, I like, I waste five or 10 minutes doing this or that where I can just pick up a book and read a picture book to my kids in five or 10 minutes and feel really good about that. So you don't need to make a big plan. You don't even need to make a plan necessarily. Just when you think, oh, I should read to my kids more, just go pick up a book, a short one, a picture book and read it. And when you, you know, hit the pillow that night, you can go I did one of the most important things I can do for my child's future success and to nurture their souls today by reading that one picture book. It
0: makes a difference. That's great. Just do it is the answer. Don't go make a spreadsheet. I'm going to read this one. <laughs> Don't In make July, a checklist. Yeah, no yeah. checklist. Yeah, just pick it up. Or I think if you leave it out, right? Like if you have a yes. basket kind of randomly around, if, you know, if all your books are upstairs, it's you're less likely to. That's pick one so up. true. Yeah.
1: You know, when I was um. It's Just getting started, learning some photography for fun. Uh, one of the things I kept coming across in my in the books I was reading was just leave your camera out on the counter because mm. if you see your camera, you'll pick it up. But if you ha- if you go put it in the drawer in its camera bag, uh, y- you'll just put off taking the pictures because it's like a bigger project. So it's probably the same way with a book. If we just leave it out on the counter, then yeah. when you walk by, you'll go, "Oh, I guess we could read a few pages of this." Yeah, and you never you don't have to read a whole chapter at once. You don't even have to read a whole book, a picture book at once. You can just read a couple pages and come back later. So good.
0: Sarah, you're amazing. I, oh, yes. amazing. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying it. I'm just, I'm so impressed with all you're doing and just more than anything that you are encouraging families to connect in this way. Um, I think only like you said, it just builds that foundation of, of that family culture so that when hard things happen, which we know they do, we will just be a little more able to uh, stand the withstand the pressures because our home is sturdy and strong because of the time we've spent in a story never to neglect that important tiny thing we can do each day that has such a big impact on our, their souls so thanks for encouraging us in that i love
1: it oh thank you for having me i love your show and i love your listeners so this has been really fun for me
0: super okay y'all go check out read a Loud revival podcast if you didn't stop earlier when i told you to now you can't <laughs> <All laughs> right thanks sarah go love those all babies. right thanks heather okay Okay, are you inspired? If you haven't already created this habit, when are you going to do it with your family? I know Sarah said pairing it with a certain time of day is helpful a meal, um, a time, an activity in your home that you already do. What book are you going to read? Do you have in mind a book that you loved when you were little and you'd love to read it aloud to your kids and share that with them? Do you need some fresh ideas? Maybe check out that community she was talking about on Instagram. Uh, order some on Amazon Prime. Man, I know they're sometimes <laughs> it only takes like an hour for the book to arrive. Uh, and then, okay, we have to let go of those expectations, right? It's not going to be perfectly behaved children sitting. They're probably not going to have the best attitudes if this is a new thing. I find for our family, if I'm introducing something new, that it's good to have a conversation over a meal or um, if you have a regular family meeting. I don't know. not every We don't <laughs> have that all the time. So if you do a meal or a family meeting where you just say, hey guys, I'd really love to share stories with you. I uh, I love a good story and it could be a fun way for us to spend time together. And you may already have the book. You can show them the book you'd like to share with them and what you love about it. And just start, leave that book out. Read, read it a little bit at a time. Like she said, you don't even have to finish a whole chapter. Grace, grace, and more grace. Um, don't be super formal with your plan, with summer, I feel like it's a great time to start a new habit because our schedules um, are a little more freeform. Uh, maybe get some audiobooks for some road trips. Check out, check out Sarah's book list and see what you find that looks familiar. I would love this week on Instagram to hear your ideas or how it's going. And if you've never read aloud to your kids, what did it, how did it go? That's what I'm curious about this week. So find me over on Facebook or Instagram and let's talk. All right. Have a great week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased.